What's cracking, everybody, and welcome to episode 161 of the Good Cracking Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Arnell Pearson, alongside Mr. Tie Me Up, it's Xander. What's happening, baby? What's going on? What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, you know, we're doing it. I got this delicious, delicious drink that's recent, somewhat recently come out. It's Minute Maid's Aguas Frescas, Okay. And uh, it's it's like, a, like some sparkling bullshit, dude. It's not sparkling, thankfully. It's just a no? juice. Um, but okay. mm, mm. oh yeah, mm, very nice. It is a. It's very. You know how like apple juice is like the only juice that has this thing where it, like actually feels like it's hydrating you when you drink it. You know what I mean? Because it's very light. It's a light. Yes juice. and no. I get what you're saying, yeah. but like if you were to drink that compared to like orange juice, you're just like, yes, this tasted like juice. But like oh, right, sure, right. Apple yeah. juice, you're just like, yes, this also tastes like juice and mildly quenches my thirst. Right. In a weird yeah. way, it feel it feels like it's doing something for you, right? Like when yeah, you're drinking, yeah, you're, not you. just, mm-hmm. you're not just drinking juice, right? That's kind of what this stuff is. And this flavor is hibiscus. And I am delighted. Uh yeah, I know. I thought the same thing too. I was like, there's no way that tastes good, right? But I tried it and I was like, no, that fucking tastes good. You know what I'm saying? That tastes pretty so, fucking good. Was it what does it taste like? Is it more like green tea or like is it sweeter? Uh, it's sweeter. It's definitely sweeter. Um, it is okay. very much closer to like the apple juice side of things. Um, but the hibiscus is more mm. of a um, a top flavor rather than an actual flavor. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of oh, like a hint. He just kind of hits you, and you're it's, like, it's, yep, it's, it's, it's a hint of hibiscus. Yes, yeah, it's 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 present, not too present. You know what I mean? So wonderful. Mm-hmm. They have that. They have that flavor. They also have mango and mango is wonderful. Uh, they have two other flavors that I've yet to try, uh, but I highly recommend these. Highly recommend them. Especially- I just want to like intervene real quick yes, and yes. say I have been trying my damnedest not to burst into laughter during this entire exchange because uh, some of you who don't know, uh, my ADHD brain requires to have music on in the background at all times when I'm on the fucking computer. Sure. Um, and I'm currently listening to like late night jazz. <laughs> Nice, nice. Like, so, so in Xander's head, and it just sounds like we're on NPR talking about fucking hibiscus juice. Yeah, like we we were yeah. we were a Hobo Johnson song that was ranting about hibiscus juice. Uh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, the other man who was in my Hobo Johnson band with me is the Invisible Man, Garrick Bartholomew Eaton. What's happening, baby? Uh, is it Friday yet? Man, we're getting there. Dude. <laughs> Man, I feel that. You I want to play. I want to play some Ghostbusters. I really want to mm-hmm. play some Gotham Knights. Hell yeah! Hell fucking yeah! Fucking, I'm gonna be in Florida. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to the end of the week. What'd you say? Like, What'd you fucking say? What? Oh, Friday! I'm gonna be in Florida. <laughs> Why? Why? Why are you in Florida? Nobody's getting married. Oh, Nobody's okay. getting married. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wedding in Florida, huh? Florida. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. St. Petersburg. Hmm. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. That. <laughs> the wedding in Florida. Right. That's <laughs> how many crocodiles are there going to be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Please uh, so tell me they at least live no, there. Right? This isn't a destination wedding. What's that? Please tell me they live in Florida, and then they're not. This isn't a destination wedding. They're not going to Florida to get married. All right. They, bruh, mm. they're going. They chose. They made the conscious choice to have mm. their wedding in Florida. 
Yeah. <laughs> Puerto Rico is right there, friends, dog. Man. They're right there, friends. dude. Like, they could, they could literally just one boat, you know what I'm saying? Just gone right out. Anyways, Morbid, thank you for 12 months straight of wonderful, oh wonderful God. subscriptions. We love you, Morbid. We love you so much, dude. Uh, I keep forgetting to give you a sword, so I'm going to give you a sword tonight. Garrett, don't let me forget. <laughs> Sword? Yes. <laughs> sword. sword. Give the man a sword. sword. Just like we're going to give you guys a sword, too. A nice hard sword. A <laughs> big old veiny sword. Because <laughs> tonight, we're talking micro hard. We're never getting Splinter Cell back. One ring to rule them all. And much, much more. Because this is the Good Kraken Podcast. Your choice for all the nerdy video game and pop media news, reviews, and discussions that you Want to hear live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 12 p.m. If you're on this wave, you can head on over to our Discord channel where you can submit questions to topics to show, get exclusive show content, and have early access to episodes before they go live on podcasts and video services across the digital sea. <laughs> Did you get a squawk? Was <laughs> <laughs> but if you've emptied your pockets for the latest and greatest entertainment, that is totally fine. You can watch us record the show live right here at twitch.tv slash show, just like our man Morbid Curiosity is, just like Ed Sander is. Oh, hello, Ed Sander. And just like Commander Root is. And if um, on top of that juicy bad boy right there, if you have Amazon Prime, you also have Twitch Prime. And we would love for you to give that to us to help keep us pushing content out for all of you listening and or watching at home. I'm watching you. I'm watching you in your home. Us at home right now. Watching you. you. Watching, watching me. me. <laughs> but you can also support us by going to our YouTube channel, by clicking that beautiful bell and big red button, or by subscribing to our podcast channel, by searching Good God with an exclamation mark and leaving a review there. Give me a review. Someone, give me, give me, give me a review. Review. Thank you, my good friend. Zander! <laughs> review. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we have some captain's orders, my friend. Uh, guys, please, please go check out our brand new episode of the GK Podcast. Uh, we have our review of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. And honestly, one of our better reviews. One of our better reviews. Yes. Fun time. Solid piece of content. You guys go check that out. If you have not watched She-Hulk Attorney at Law yet, that's totally fine. It is 98% spoiler free. 98%. There's a couple things that maybe we talk about. They're like, mm, kind of teetering some stuff. But uh, you can go check that out. Go listen to that. Go watch it. Go do whatever you need to. If you have watched She-Hulk, go into our comments and let us know how fucking stupid we are for, uh, for giving a surprisingly good rating <laughs> i really did not think we all were consecutively going to give it a pretty fucking good rating we were all pretty close within like a point of one another I yeah. yeah basically yeah yeah solid show solid show guys uh guys also it is yeah. currently cracktoberfest 2022 uh, all month uh, for the uh, month of october uh, we are giving you guys uh, horror content left and right all the horror content you could possibly ask for we're doing horror conversations we're doing horror gameplay we're doing Horror things. <laughs> mm, I do that like every fucking time. Yeah. It never gets old. It never gets old. You know what I'm saying? Just giving these. We even do away. creepy, weird things like this. Ready? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> oh, Morbus and Arnell is a horror. That's great. <laughs> That's just wonderful. <laughs> Xander, tell the people that, at home what we got going on next, my man. 
Oh, I believe that is the helm. That was the easiest segue. Thank you for giving me this as a simple segue. I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm not, there's beauty and simplicity. See, okay, like, here's the issue, right? Is you cut out for a quick second. So it sounded like you said there's beauty in pussy. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong, no matter which way you hash that. Yeah. Truth. Facts. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. paper. Yeah. No paper. Xander, can you please tell the people our first story, my friend? Yes, sir. Uh, Microsoft lays off hundreds of staff. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN. Sources told Insider that less than a thousand staff members were laid off across the divisions thought to include Xbox, the forward-looking Microsoft Strategic Missions and Technology Organization, and the Office of the Chief Technology Officer. Uh, Studio Alpha, Microsoft's serious gaming initiative uh, that focused on wargaming simulations, is also at risk, uh, according to one source alongside the mission expansion cloud government team. Microsoft's mission engineering team may also be affected as its lead, Zach Kramer, sent an email to employees announcing that it would be deprioritizing work already underway. The email continued, this is hard to do. There are lots of ideas that could potentially have an impact. And each of us has has worked very hard, but we must make trade-offs as resources are not unlimited and time is the scarcest of of them all. Uh, Microsoft veteran Casey uh, Lemson was among those affected, announcing on Twitter that she had lost her role as product manager in the CFO's office. Another laid-off staff member told Insider that they had only been hired one month earlier. Like all companies, we evaluate our business priorities on a regular basis and make structural adjustments accordingly, a Microsoft spokesperson said to Insider. Uh, We will continue to invest in our business and hire in key growth areas in the year ahead. Uh, Microsoft announced in July that it planned to lay off less than 1% of its workforce, which currently sits at around 180,000 people putting... 1800 at risk. Uh, it's unconfirmed if this most recent wave of layoffs is related to this July announcement, however. It's fucking rough out here, dog. <laughs> it is rough yeah. out here. Uh, this is one of many, many things that we saw unfold this past week, uh, including G4 uh, deciding to call it quits after only one year of coming back. Uh, we saw a lot of yeah. really, really terrible things recently happen uh, on social media as these companies sort of <clears throat> are starting to make steps uh, that <sighs> a little, a little bit, a little bit scary. Right. So Xander, um, Thank you for reading that, for one. Uh, Two, my good sir, um, what do you think this means for Microsoft? Uh, Honestly, I don't even, I I couldn't even begin to tell you, because Microsoft has so many hands in so many areas where I'm just like, they could be shifting gears for left and right for who knows what. So I'm, my guess is as good as, you know, Joe Schmo down the street. So that's fair. That's fair. Garrick, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it seems like they're working within, like, the parameters that they gave everybody. It fucking blows, but I mean, like, they, like, they did say they were going to try to, they were going to do their best to keep it under 1%, which it looks like, as of right now, they have maintained to do. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to find a silver lining just because I admire when a company actually keeps their word. That's hard to find these days in Microsoft. Sure. Does a, do a really good job of trying to be transparent. Uh, I'm betting a lot of this has... They're probably trying to dial back, like, 
um, overgrown workforces or like workforces that like grew unexpectedly over the pandemic uh, that are now shrinking and there's things or things are shifting back into like a normal pace. <clears throat> and they're also acquiring a lot of studios and stuff. So there is a pretty fair chance that some of these uh, studios and other things that they're starting to pick up are starting to like share some of the workload for, for other Microsoft projects that might include some of these departments. And of course, this is all speculation. I'm not a business manager. I'm not anything, but just like based off of what I've seen and kind of how, how we've seen in the news that we have followed with Microsoft over like the last two years, it seems like they're just trying to be really transparent and be like, yeah, these, this is something we just have to do as a business to keep ourselves afloat and reevaluate for the future. And they've at least done good at keeping their word under the, uh, under their benchmark percentage so far. Kudos to them. Hopefully they don't have to lay off anymore. Um, and it sounds like they're obviously not discouraging hiring. They're just going to reevaluate where those roles need to be filled. Yeah, that's, that's really fair. I mean, already hitting, you know, a thousand of their staff, um, still, you know, having up to another 800 that they could potentially lay off. I guess we'll have to see if that actually stays within that time window frame, because that's kind of really what's going to give us even more answers, right? Let's say, for example, for the sake of the example, they, they end up laying off 3000 people instead of only the 1000, you know, cumulatively. It goes to show that there's there's some a lot of speculation about this impending um, economic crash that's about to happen. And you can see a lot of different companies that are like trying to prepare for that as much as humanly possible. I mean, like not to make things at all super fucking political here, but even there was like <laughs> I saw someone's tweet. Um, it was a video of Joe Biden who was being interviewed um, and they were like, so what do you have to say to the United States citizens about this economic crash that's potentially like, you know, coming mid next year. And he was like, well, there's, there's, there's not going to be an economic crash, but there might be an economic crash, but if it does, it's just going to be a little one. Right. So, so a quote to you, it said, there's totally going to be a fucking economic crash, dude. Like, don't worry. It'll be a little one. It'll be a little one. It's going to be a fucking little one, apparently. Um, But you can, you can see how the market starts to shift when things like this happen. And I guess we'll see, you know, like as we find out how many people exactly they do actually lay off, that'll probably give us more answers to whether this is a, no, this is something we'd regularly do, or if this is a fuck, we got to prepare. Right. Uh, Morbid in chat says they're about to kill game pass, not lucrative enough. You're probably being facetious. I get it. But uh, Microsoft had made it very blatantly obvious and uh, Phil Spencer specifically uh, stating they're not worried about the money, right? The the money side of Game Pass is not something that they're concerned about. Microsoft, as as one said, excuse me, I'm burping on stream again. They have their hands in so many different baskets at one time. Like, I highly doubt they're concerned about, like, one part of their company, like, potentially folding them, like, whatsoever. They have billions of fucking dollars they would literally they could literally just like just cut it off like a bad limb yeah they don't don't give a shit and just move and just move on like they'd be like yep cut our losses there sorry see you later yeah Uh, like they're absolutely big enough that they can make that happen i don't know let's hope that like we're we're nearing (laughs) the end of the like the year but i don't know if we're nearing the end of their fiscal year which i'm assuming Mm -hmm. is like the the time frame that they were looking at when they were considering laying off 1% of their workforce. Uh, 
I bet you if they end up having to lay off uh, more than 1% of their workforce, though, somebody else is going to lose their job for doing some bad fucking math. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll definitely be seeing. We'll definitely be seeing. Something we won't be seeing, though, is probably Splinter Cell. Because the Splinter Cell remake game director is leaving Ubisoft. This comes from Brandon Key over at Game Rant. And what is sure to be a surprise to many, the Splinter Cell remake game director, David Grivel, is leaving Ubisoft. Grivel has previously worked on other Ubisoft games, such as being the lead designer on Far Cry 6. The announcement of Grivel's departure came directly from himself on social media. After spending more than 10 years at Ubisoft Toronto, the studio currently working on the Splinter Cell remake. The game has lost its director, a new director has not yet been named, and there has not been any information regarding how this departure will affect the work on the Splinter Cell remake. A remake of the original Splinter Cell was announced in December 2021, but after that, information on the upcoming title became scarce. Even though this new Splinter Cell is being made as a remake of the first century, the developers confirmed there would be changes. The story for the Splinter Cell remake is being rewritten for a modern audience. Now that the game has lost its director, fans of the series are likely skeptical on if this title will see the light of day, especially with losing a director as experienced as Grivel. Grivel made the announcement regarding his departure on his official LinkedIn page. No specific reason was given for his departure from Ubisoft. Grivel also confirmed he is taking a new position at People Can Fly Studio as creative director. People Can Fly Studio is probably known, best known, excuse me, for collaborating with Epic Games on Gears of War Judgment and Bullet Storm. The last release title in the Splinter Cell franchise was Splinter Cell Blacklist back in 2013. A VR Splinter Cell title was in development but was canceled in July 2021. <sighs> Garrick, are we ever going to get fucking Splinter Cell back, man? <laughs> Dude, it's not going to happen. Like, I God just, damn it, man. God damn it, man. It's one of those fucking games. I'm pretty sure like it's never. It's just like it's going to get stuck in development hell and it's just going to stay there for fucking ever i hate it like I fucking we're going it. like next year next year marks a decade man like like once once like once we've hit that decade point like every like every month after that it just squeaks fucking further and further <laughs> and, and further <laughs> and it's never gonna happen bro you want to know why because ubisoft is a fucking sinking ship Relying solely oh. on the future of Assassin's oh. Creed. Wow. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Talk on it, doggy dog. I agree. Dude, I like, I'm so like upset with just like the everything that Ubisoft has just chosen to do as a company over the last couple of years. They've made really weird, um, <clears throat> their, their shift in priority to their games has shifted away from a genuine good single player experience um, to how much money can we milk out of each individual player uh, through various stupid cosmetics services and blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, under no circumstances should I be able to buy anything for an Assassin's Creed game that makes it so, like, I can complete the game or level up faster. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And, like... And then they're and then like they're coming out with shit like goddamn skull and bones, which they had the fucking huevos to delay again, bro. Like, <laughs> listen, they could they like, they knew they weren't gonna touch God of War, dog. They knew they were shoot they were putting the final nail in the fucking coffin by coming out with that release date two days prior to God of War Ragnarok. There was no fucking way, dude. 
Yeah, dude. But like, I just, I don't know. Like everything, everything that Ubisoft is doing right now stinks. Like their showcase that we all covered was such a weak piece of content. It like could have been a press release that they stretched to like 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it's just like, I don't, I don't get, I don't get what you're doing these days. Ubisoft, like you have them as a publisher, as a developer, as a studio have fucking lost touch with their fan base, like lost damn. touch with their fan base. God damn. It's that fucking so right. much. Uh, and guess what? It's me. I'm their fan base. Like, you know, what my Ubisoft like, like account level is it's like 50 or some shit, man, because I have dozens of Ubisoft games. I love them. And like, even up until the recent future, I was still making purchases. But like after Valhalla, man, that shit stunk. That's fair. Shady Shy Guy in chat says Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed. Can you take me higher? Stop. Stop. That's exactly <laughs> That's 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 how they're doing it though. Like they're relying on it so much. God damn it, man! Yeah, now, I think, Xander, you, you guys s- remember? I was just gonna say you up? you said you agree. Go go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna. That reminds me. Do you guys remember when they uh, put out that uh, that little teaser for X Defiant? Tom Clancy's X Defiant. Oh yeah, I remember and that game. Then then there's an alpha for it, mm. and then I I no, recently man. got an email that they're doing another like private alpha test. I'm sorry, or some or beta test or something like that. I thought they canceled that. I game. clicked on it. That's that's what I thought too. But it looks like they like revamped the entire design. Like it doesn't even look like because like the original. You remember the original logo? It was kind of like rough and rugged and kind of fun and like kind of like edgy looking. Yeah, it was yeah. very now Tom logo, fancy ass logo, right? But now it's like this clean, like, like just straight logo with like a weird metallic golden gradient over it. Okay. Like it almost it almost kind of invokes a little bit of like Goldeneye in a way. And I'm just like, what the what are they doing? Do all the characters still just look like Fortnite characters or like? Oh, there's no there were no character images on the email. Oh. Oh yeah! Oh yikes! Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I, you, Ubisoft, I, what are you guys doing? I think like, I think you're on to something when you say that they're putting all their fucking. They're literally like pulling everything, and then they're just gonna go straight into fucking Assassin's dude, Creed. Dude, well, think of their other releases. Like the only other solid release that I've had any semblance of fun with in the recent future with them has absolutely been Riders Republic, and like even that's fucking technically a goddamn live service game. It has seasons. Like it still fits into their new business model that they have completely fucking leaned into. Like have mm-hmm. abandoned, like they have, they've abandoned their their old ways as a studio completely. Every game they release is monetized now. Every single game they release Even has monetization. Everything, mm. everything. You mm. can buy fucking skins for your Uno <laughs> cards. Everything that Ubisoft puts out has such heavy monetization. They are one of the most predatory fucking game studios out there today and like it just it shows that like but you're right that they're putting everything in assassin's creed they even like they even released brand new games like just earlier this year they put out roller champions have you guys anybody here in the chat heard of that game ever played that game nope because there was not a single fucking release for no press for it no nothing it just it just came out one day and they were, then fucking, they were on e3 
like a fucking fart in the wind disappeared into the internet like nothingness like yeah 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 figure it out yourself what are you doing and the thing is too is like how long is that going to last right it's not like like but funny enough they they made skull and bones to be their more metaphorical emphasis for their company falling under like like they they are a sinking ship and it is it is absurdly disappointing because like like there's only so much time that's going to be had for them to be able to milk their fan base for assassin's creed and far cry like their two most cherished like franchises from their company, and like I feel like the hype for, for uh, Far Cry is dying out as well. Well, it died because, oh, because Far Cry Six yeah, was basically Far Cry. Far Cry Five. It was the yeah, same fucking with game. Giancarlo Esposito with with Giancarlo <laughs> in it. Yeah, that's it. And like he he, but, he he was he did he probably killed it, but he wasn't enough. Yeah, like, no, that's not enough. You can't have that kind of gimmick and think that you're going to make money off that. Like, not with Far Cry Five. Point two, like, <laughs> like that's not the way it fucking works. Fucking and then oh Assassin's God, Creed is effectively the same fucking thing. Like the game, the games pretty much just end up being like a carbon copy of the one that came before it, which is why I have like so much. I'm holding out so much hope that like this next title that they're coming out with, uh, them talking about trying to take it back to like you know the form of the original Assassin's Creed and like having that that gameplay would be a little bit closer to that sort of style rather than the RPG we've been getting. But who fucking knows what that means? Like, dude, yeah, right. Like it, like it, and I bet you they still find a way to monetize it in Ubisoft fashion. Yeah. Like it'll like, they're like, yeah, we'll bring the core gameplay back. <clears throat> we're going to keep all the fucking, like, we're going to keep all like the pay to win bullshit and all the extra armors and fucking whatever the fuck. Uh, but I mean, dude, like just like, like circling back again to their fucking really shitty recent, like, uh, fucking, like a uh, content stream that they did uh their showcase it was every like it literally like all built up to four logo shares to games that probably aren't even actually in development yet yep yep and you can watch our reactions to it at youtube.com slash good cracking show <laughs> real but like dude Boom, i have is. a hard time believing that they have the manpower right now to be developing four assassin's creed games at a single time they're not they this is oh, what yeah, they have 100%. lined up for probably like the next five or six fucking years if they even survive fiscally that long by like preying on their own fan base do you know, but you know what i think is actually going on at ubisoft right now D- dj's wreaking havoc Ubisoft right now, okay? Just one guy, right? Yeah. Okay. And like he's like hunchback best friend. Yeah, Yubi okay. and his best friend Soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yep. So this guy, he's like he he just comes up with ideas. He's just coming up with ideas. All right. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. Make it. Huh? I'm just one guy. How can I possibly do it? Yep. Do it. And that's basically how it is. <laughs> Dude, I just imagine like uh like the fucking guy who's like making it all happens, like the uh like the wizard from the Wizard of Oz and just Yubi. like yeah. pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Like you just fucking <laughs> <laughs> Just game discs going into computers and like just mouses moving. Just and, like... All of it at once, right? Like... <laughs> I fucking he looks that. like he looks like the drummer for uh Dave Matthews band, just like <laughs> <laughs> just doing his best to keep his fucking life together, just trying to please the Ubisoft people. Yeah, man. I don't know, dude. It's it's just a point. Like when the when the fuck are we getting another Rainbow Six? 
When the fuck are we getting that? Never. Dude, I, have so many, getting I have so many. I have so many goddamn happening. questions for this fucking company at all times, man. I can't. I can't fucking stand it, dude. I can't stand it any longer. I just need Splinter Cell back. They, if they can give us Splinter Cell back, maybe they have a chance to keep the ship sailing. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that has a big fat hard maybe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God damn. They dude. have no. They have. Mm. They have no good other flagships. Like franchises outside of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, right that was good. They really that was, don't. That was a good. That was a good way to to apply the ship thing into what we're saying. I mean, and it's contextually accurate. So yeah, there you go. Very, very good. Very good, my friend. Very good. And you guys can be good too because we're gonna move into our next segment. But before we do, I remind everyone that they can support us on our Discord channel. We're soon they can get early access on episodes before they go public. They can write into the show and they can get episodes ad free. But they're proud here in this. They probably aren't on Discord. So for now, here's a word from our sponsors. This piece of good cracking content is brought to you by Glide Mousepads. The world is changing, and the demand for PC gaming and work from home setups has never been as wild as it is right now. Having the best of the best in PC accessories only makes it easier to get your work done before you jump right back into the fray of the digital sea. And Glide knows exactly how to make that happen for you. Glide Mousepads is the future industry leader in mousepads offering beautiful, smooth, waterproof products made with eco-friendly materials and non-slip rubber in a variety of sizes that are guaranteed to help you get that next win. Now, if you're like me and you spend a lot of time in your command center, whether it's streaming, editing, or designing, you need a quality mousepad that can keep up with that constant grind. You can go to GlideMousepads.com right now and use code KRAKEN for 15% off the Founders Edition mousepad in every size available. Again, that's code K-R-A-K-E-N, Kraken, for 15% off any Founders Edition mousepad today. Our next sponsor is Rogue Energy. Late nights are pretty much commonplace for us content creators, and any of us here at GK can attest that sometimes you're just too damn tired to even think about how not to be tired any longer. Lucky for us, though, Rogue has figured out how to give those late nights and even earlier mornings the supercharge that we all need. Rogue Energy is a low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula that is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Every formula Rogue Energy produces is designed with optimal levels of high-quality ingredients and no chalky textures. Being the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand, Rogue Energy strives to improve the in-game performance of gamers streamers and content creators around the globe check it we have been drinking the ever-living crap out of this stuff if i'll be completely honest with you me Devin, garrick xander raven genesee all of us here at gk absolutely adore this drink uh it helps us in the mornings helps us in the evenings uh you guys know how it is we've been going on about this forever and it is no exception now it's still taking care of us to this day you can head on over to rogueenergy.com and use code gkraken for 10 percent off your purchase of any shaker or formula tub of your choosing that's g-k-r-a-k-e-n for 10 percent off any shaker or formula tub that you'd like now back to the show welcome back everybody <laughs> we're here we're here to do it with you guys garrick tell the people uh, what we have next for them yes we are headed into our main line segment mm. so you better protect your neck because we're headed to the gallows. Hello. 
was like, okay. <laughs> Shadow Fighters got a like, cool voiceover thing for that one. That's unfortunate you don't have that. Ladies, gentlemen, ladies, and thanks. We are here. here. We are doing it. Oh, wow. That is dark. It's almost as dark as a Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The Rings of Power review, ladies, gentlemen, things and things. We're fucking doing it. Released September 1st, 2022. Developed by JD Payne and Patrick McKay with a budget of $462 million. That is just for production. That is not including the amount that they paid for the rights to make this fucking show, which landed them upwards just under $1 billion, making this the most expensive television show ever made in history. Correct. <laughs> goddamn, goddamn, son. And a runtime of 65 to 72 minutes per episode. Ooh, ooh. And you can feel it, man. I was so happy with those episode links, dude. I'll tell you what. Guys, dude. some fun facts for y'all. We have Amazon was in a bidding war with Netflix for the rights to the addendums of the novels, with Amazon acquiring the rights in the end at the cost of $250 million. Could you imagine this being on Netflix? Could you imagine what they would have done on Netflix? Mm. I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't mm, trust Netflix. Yeah, yeah with, gross. With the yeah. Big time gross. <laughs> also, do you think Amazon was kind of like <laughs> they were doing like a bidding war, right? And then the and the guy was like, uh, "We uh, we got one million, we got one million over to the company over there with Jeff Bezos." <laughs> and he was like, "Two million. and Netflix like raised their thing like nice and steadily up. And then he was like, "And we have two hundred fifty million. Jeff Bezos with a bald ass head cheating on his wife was. <laughs> Raised his fucking flag up as high as he could so fucking fast, man. And Netflix was like, "No, nah, he could have it, dude. He could fucking have it." No, man. like he, he had. We, no, we, no, no, no. He the, the bidding war was actually during the uh, during his, that flight they took into space. Mm. Mm. And when it hit two fifty, he took that on the ship and was like, ah, "Beat that ship!" And just float floated away. <laughs> like, yeah. like, no, they're like, what do you say? <laughs> I fucking love it. The series puts a priority on using practical effects, meaning the characters like the orcs are real actors in makeup instead of being CGI. In an interview with IGN in July 2022, executive producer Lindsay Weber shared that the prosthetics for the orcs' faces are quote unquote thin and nimble to allow actors to move their mouths and emote the way humans do. She also revealed the series will include female or characters oh mm -hmm. man the practical effects in this were fucking fire <laughs> we're they're really honestly, good honestly some of the all of the effects were really fucking good it's all really. so fucking <laughs> good man I know I was fucking jaw dropping the majority of the show will wait what what the fuck happened here what the fuck happened here um, oh, sorry. Okay. Will not be a direct adaptation of the books, but will instead introduce new stories that are set before the books and the movies. While the Tokyo estate made demands that the series cannot change anything that is written about the, the age itself in which it takes place. The show has all the creative freedom it wants. Um, and I'm sure we will be getting into some of that uh, because there are some things that are most definitely not canon uh, in this show. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm just trying to grasp like exactly what the stipulation is there. So they can't change anything that is that was written about the age itself. 
Correct. So they can't they can't for- change anything as far as like the history of Middle Earth itself um, uh, in, during the first age. Right. So like this, this okay. is, yeah, like coming out of the and first age into the second key age. events, key events in the second age are all intact. But the way Correct. they lead up to those key events can be interpreted differently and probably will be interpreted differently in this series. Yes. OK. For the most part, because there is some other fun stuff that I actually just found out a little while ago. Uh, In a rare move for the company's entertainment side with Amazon Studios, Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos-Smaug was one of the principals directly involved in negotiations for making the deal happen between Warner Brothers, the Tokyo Estate, and Amazon. Bezos had previously mandated to the company TV division that they needed to produce a fantasy series on the scale of Game of Thrones. Mandated? Such a fucking aggressive word for that. Like, right? right? It's just like, you know, he probably, dude, he probably did too. He probably picked up the fucking phone at the end of Game of Thrones and they're like, all right, we're up next to back. Make it fucking happen. Click. And like, that was it. (laughs) Well, actually, so apparently, and this, this I didn't know here, but apparently this is, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos actually wanted to be a part of the production side of this show. And thank God he wasn't. Thank God he wasn't. His son had told him, Dad, don't fuck this up. Uh, mm-hmm. because you will be destroyed <laughs> if you fuck this up. And so he said, All right, you guys take it. And he just he just kept his fucking hands off. Which again, as oh. Gary said, thank fucking God. <laughs> thank God they kept his fucking hands out of that pot. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, the other thing that I actually just found out before we started the show was that the uh the showrunners for this um had an interview that they did in which they were talking about season two of the rings of power in which they uh, started to talk about how season one was more directly focused on Galadriel and her relationship with Sauron and her relationship with the characters around her, as well as some of these side characters that they're starting to like build up their story and their involvement to the greater thing. Um, Season Mm -hmm. two is going to be far more focused on Sauron. And because of such, yeah, because of such, season two is going to be capable of being far more canon than the first season was because they had a lot of things that they needed to sort of tie up together to make the rest remaining of the show make more sense. Um, and mm. with that said, let's get into it. Mr. Tie Me Up, twitch.tv's slash Xander. Um, what were your top level thoughts of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power? Uh, honestly, this blew me away. I haven't, and we talked, we talked about the, uh, the budget, the overall budget for production. Uh, what was it? Um, $462 million. It shows, it shows, uh, the production quality is just astounding. I've, I kind of was like transported back to like when I first saw Lord of the Rings in theaters and and i was just literally just sitting here on like watching it on my my bigger monitor i was like whoa like <laughs> it was so good and like the, the the writing though it was like so i'm i will say this i'm not as well versed in the lore of lord of the rings in terms of like the books and stuff like that like you guys like the lore i was the, i was the, of the rings <laughs> <laughs> but like i didn't even I know the me. like i i didn't even know the Sim, uh, the silmarillion <laughs> existed until earlier this year when you guys mentioned it of course, um, yes. So, so like, I'm still, I was still like, 
like fairly new to this uh, in a way. Um, but it's just such a really well thought out series. I don't, I don't think there's any issues. Well, choreography wise, there's probably like maybe like a couple things. But other than that, like it, this was just a solid show through and through. 100% dude oh man I'm so ready to talk about this Garrick Bartholomew mm-hmm. Eaton the invisible man what were your top level thoughts of Lord of the Rings the Rings of Power damn baby we came home Whoa, let's go baby let's fucking go baby let's go um, I hated this show I had fucking like chills when I was watching this show dude from start to finish like I experienced like every range of emotion with this show like don't get me wrong I have caveats with a couple of things um but it's not like any of the same shit that all the weirdo crybaby bigots were crying about like it's just like and on like it's all weird stuff and like or like small things or like things that like I necessarily don't have scope on what their vision of the story is going to be. And so I'm like, eh, about it. Right. Because we like, like as people who have like read the books and have like dug into the lore, we know this story. This story is one that's been told. And what's really interesting about this is like, this is all based off of the appendices of the Lord of the Rings. Right. Like, which is, fringe shit it's a it's skeletons a lot of the details in the in-between things that people are crying about they're just like this never happened and they're like we literally don't fucking know that because it was never written about shut up um like this is this is their this is amazon's interpretation of what that middle piece would be because that story hasn't been told it has been in bits and pieces enough to make the history connect, right? Enough to build the bridge that builds the lore that is the Lord of the Rings. But this age, this history is pretty largely unexperienced and getting to experience this and come back to middle earth, uh, after such a long time and being pretty disappointed with the Peter Jackson, the Hobbit trilogy, um, overall, I fucking loved this show. I loved this fucking show. Um, it's um, the dialogue in this show is so fucking fucking juicy, bro. Mm, mm, God damn it. It's God so juicy. It. Like I probably there is you can quote some profound shit every episode. Mm. Mm. Every episode. What was, the, what was the one that I immediately had a live tweet? It was from uh, Galadriel. Uh Give it to Shit. me, Rob. Oh, <laughs> no, that was that was Prince. That was that was Prince Dude, Durin. My oh, favorite yeah. Galadriel oh, quote sure, 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 sure. was, uh, "That which cannot be known makes the mind hollow. Fill it not with guesswork." Yep. Yeah, I like yep. that one. Yep. Mine was uh, it was uh, you cannot quench. It was like you cannot quench your thirst with seawater. Yes. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was one of mine too. Oh, dude. Oh man, it's just gold coming dude, out. I just. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love this show. Like, uh, the only like honestly, the only thing that really bugged me was the fact that like, and I understand why it was the way it was, but the the early pacing of the show was a little tough, uh, for me because they of course they had to do a lot of world building. Like they were yeah. shoving mm-hmm. a thousand years of history into the first episode essentially, mm-hmm. or more, and then getting us caught up to like the the present time, the second age. And so the pacing felt a little off there in the beginning. 
Um, but hot smoking damn from episode six onward. That shit was it literally I was just like, yep, this is Lord of the Rings. Yep. This is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. That like episode five and episode six start to like be this bridge for us. And by the time episode six is like into like the second the act second of the half. episode. Yeah. Dude, it's it's just Oh my god, oh fuck, it's two towers all over again, man. Like, like, I can't, oh, I couldn't fucking get enough of it, dude. Anyways, yeah, sorry, Gary, continue. No, it was amazing. Um, they, I liked the fan service that they drizzled into this mm. because it's really beautifully and kind of tastefully done. Um, and they also did, I don't know if you guys have been kind of tracking this, but they've made some subtle things that line up dialogue wise. So it ties directly into Peter Jackson series mm -hmm. because it's identical dialogue, like mm -hmm. literally quoting the shit that was said in Peter Jackson's films. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and they do it multiple times. Uh, and honestly, like just kind of like, just kind of like seeing them sprinkle in like that and uh, like, the, like where it's headed and like referencing the other works in the other adaptations of the Lord of the Rings, it was, was just really nice to see because it kind of acknowledges like it, this own sort of silver screen canon that we're getting. That's like, that's mm -hmm. this expanded version outside of the books. And I don't know, I can appreciate like all the nuances that they lovingly like sprinkled into the show everywhere. Yeah, absolutely dude. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement with you guys. I loved every, single bit of what this show had to give us uh it was a little bit of a slow pace in the beginning um but i like stuff that has a slow pace when the slow pace has a purpose and the yes. purpose mm -hmm. of this was to sell us on galadriel and like that was like period like that's what they needed to sell us on was this this pure unadulterated hatred that she has towards sauron and this this cavalry she's bringing that is herself towards trying to stop him and find where he went and i was sold i was sold by episode fucking two dude like i was i was so mm -hmm. in this shit and invested into it like the first episode i was indifferent on by the time that i got to the end of it but when i watched it again i was like I kind i kind of think i see what you guys are trying to do here because there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of Lord of the Rings esque stuff that's happening, like to the point of two towers and return of the king, right? Where all of our main characters are split up. And so now we mm -hmm. have different trails of different like pieces that are moving at the same time for ultimately the, or for the ultimate goal. And that is finding Sauron and all these, these puzzle pieces yes. are moving and they're moving in a very specific way. And to the people that I say that were complaining about that, like we watched Game of Thrones. This, dude, dude this, it's <laughs> like it, this is really typical like spaghetti noodle plot. Like, yeah, you're gonna you're like you know it's like it starts a fucking mess and as you slurp it up, it all straightens out and you're like, oh look, that was a fucking noodle. Like, like it's yeah. like you just gotta wait for it to line up. And they like they clearly show what they're doing with their storytelling. Like by episode six, you're just like, and that plot point lined up, and that plot point lined up, and that plot point lined up, and mm -hmm. you're just like. Yep, and we're ready for season two. Let's fucking go, baby. Yep, let's like do it literally, it. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, every everything lined up and fell into place the way that it needed to. Uh, I thought the characters were remarkable, were fucking incredibly well written, um, incredibly each, well put each together. one of them too. 
each each single one for different reasons, right? Like they all had mm-hmm. like their purpose and what was happening to them and around them and around the people that they were with. Like the the relationship between Elrond and Durin. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! I love fuck. their friendship so man. fucking much. Fuck man, like their so friendship much. is so goddamn good, dude. It's so fucking honestly. Personally, feel like it's the highlight of the show. To be completely honest, the it guys really is. like their their it's, dynamic, it's like my favorite shit, and their chemistry together as best friends is so real and yeah. feels right. And like the the yes. the episode, like when Dern's like, "Say it again," and you're like, "Oh yeah!" Like, like <laughs> he just he just, he just wants table. to hear you say it, dude. Yeah, the table Ooh, thing, man. exactly. Dude, that shit made me laugh Dude. when he like chuckled. He like he didn't even scold him for it. He was just like, "You made it up, huh?" And he was just like, "Yep." And he was just like, you son of a "I need a new like, table." You motherfucker. That's like fucking table. That's all. Like, <laughs> okay, guys, I gotta ask: um, Is Arundir best elf? Like, did that happen? Did he? Did he out elf Legolas? I don't think he out elf Legolas. I think, Dude, I, I don't know. We're we're teetering so. a smidge. Okay, I'm, I'm not so, sold, but Zay- we're, I'm close. Xander, defend yourself. Oh, okay. Why do you think are, he's, he's oh, more oh, than we, we are. We, no, no, sorry. We are very, very close. Very close. There are just there. Actually, there, there's one instance where I was just like, mm, no, you could have had it. You could have had it. And it was it was during a fight where his one fighting, on one. It was a one on. It was a one on one fight, and he's just right there. And then the orc just goes pop right in the face, and he's down. Like. <laughs> See, well, like, actually, what, what the fuck was that? I want to talk about that fight because that fight, fight had some of the coolest fucking cinematography work. Oh, ever. absolutely. For an like, Amazon that's, product. That's, that's, the, the, that's the why single I'm pan so shot. dumbfounded. Oh, oh, my God, dude. Like, it's, that's it's, why I'm so dumbfounded by the choreography to where it's like, OK, you have all this cool shit happening. And then he gets knocked out by one fucking bunch that he could like give in what we just saw. He could easily just been like, bitch. Yeah. No, see, my my thing is, I don't think we've spent enough time with him. Like, I don't see as much personality in his character yet to, like, be sold on, like, his character. Like, personally, me, like, I, like, like him the least out of all the characters so far, uh, because I feel like he's the one that we haven't really gotten enough time to really sit with and, like, analyze. Like, we get the concept of, like... He doesn't have as much depth as everybody else in the show, like, so far. You're... You're right. Yeah. And and I'm sure once we do, I'll probably feel a little bit differently about it. But so far, we've kind of only just gotten mm-hmm. this like this background story for like a romance that they didn't actually give us a backstory on. And that's yeah, he cool. doesn't really have any backstory at all. Like hardly like we know he's he's potentially from Lothlorien. Right. Like we, we know that like yeah. he's, what is go- he's going to be a a precursor for what ends up becoming Lothlorien and like how oh yeah he's totally going to be like one of the first sylvan elves yes absolutely uh and his relationship with gladwell like generally becoming that right so uh yes. i thought i thought his character was really well done all the cool shit they do with him like i said that that single pan shot during that entire fight scene dope mm-hmm. his his relationship with the people there and the dynamic of them eventually learning how to trust him super fucking dope right what's the up? arrow the arrow catching um like there, there's one scene it's like in slow motion he catches a fucking arrow right before it hits uh yes. someone he's running with mm-hmm. 
and then immediately and fires then he uses you back. It? Yeah, dude, he has some really good moments. Well, just hear me out, okay. though, right? I just, I just think Legolas had cooler bow stuff that he did, right? Like, I just think he. You're like, right. Okay. Yeah, he's had cooler bow stuff. Speaking on that, though, real quick, um, you know the scene without spoilers, right? Sure. Like, you know the scene where everybody in the village has their fucking mouth agape as Galadriel does her thing. Yep, I too had my fucking mouth again. Same, because <laughs> like, uh, dude, I, I was just like, because uh, uh, we're like, right, like we're riding along, and like we get like cool Legolas horse move, and I was just like, fucking nice, and then we get a second one, and I was just like, fucking nice, like whoa, like dude, dude. I was just like two for one, baby, let's fucking go, dude. Like, <laughs> oh my god, every time that they had, they were able to give her a moment to just flex. I was like. Oh, yeah, yes, dude, fucking show them, dude. Like, oh, my God, man. I was so here for I that. Galadriel at work, dude. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell you know yeah. But anyways, it's the I thought that their take on this was super interesting coming from a story that is somewhat supposed to be like basically the unfinished tales of Numenor was a was the book that this is loosely kind of like based around. Um and how they sort of used our nostalgia of Lord of the Rings against us, right? And, like, it paid off. So it, when a Sealdor comes up, even just the name pops up. I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut the... Yeah. We're getting him. We're yeah, getting him. Dude, and, like... Just fucking spoon-feed it to me. Like, you knew it was going to happen. He's literally integral to the story. Can't yes. have it without him. Yes. And we're still just like... And they're, and they're like, giving they're giving him in a way that's, like, makes us forget, like, who he's supposed to become one day. Because he's not that in this. He's not that in this yet. So, like, the entire the entire time of, like, us getting a sealed door in the show and us just being like... It's, it's, it's sealed door. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like you're being oh, silly God. right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it's <laughs> uh, Hulk broken in chat says Numenor is the best arc in the Lord of the Rings lore. I mean, arguably like argue it has one of the cooler fucking backstories to it. it there's there's. The way that they pay off a nostalgia is so incredibly well done between a sealed door, between the stranger, between Galadriel, mm -hmm. even because she's like probably the most forefront nostalgic thing, because we see her in Lord of the Rings. And we're like, holy fuck, you're that right. Like you eventually become this thing that is arguably kind of low key, like wanting that power. Right. And now we're getting this backstory of like everything that led up to that. And it's it's got so much going for it that I felt that they just nailed every single fucking time. Just the right goddamn way, dude. Just the right goddamn way, man. And I'm so fucking yep. here for it, man. Um, now, real quick, talk about some things that are not quite canon, right? And again, this is spoiler free. We don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but there is some stuff that is not quite canon. Mm -hmm. One of these things is the argument of who is the stranger. Right. And for anyone that like has even watched even just a snip of the show, that's not a spoiler. He comes up in the first fucking episode. Who is first the stranger? Episode. Right. Who is the stranger? And that is the question yeah. that all of us had about the course of the entire first season. And then we find out who he actually is by the end of the first episode. Um, and things start to piece together a little bit. However, there's some really weird things that happen canonically there when it comes to the question of does that happen? Like 
in the second age? And the answer is no. <laughs> Technically, that doesn't happen until the third age. And it's not even him. The beginning of, as a matter of fact. Yes. Like the turning of the age is when that, when mm -hmm. that set of events originally occurred. Yeah, it's it's uh, and Logan. No, the the answer is no. Uh, I thought it was at first. I thought it was. And I was like, mm, maybe not. But no, it's That'd not. be a weird choice. I'd be surprised if we didn't I, see him down the road. Though. I would have been I would have been cool with that. I probably would have been cool. With it. I mean, we haven't we haven't really gotten him yet. So it's like <laughs> that would have been down, down for at all. We haven't gotten him. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I, I totally wouldn't be here for it. But uh, no, there's there's little stuff like that that would have been. I I think that they're needing to kind of stray away from some levels of canon was necessary for the storytelling that they're wanting to do. Go I ahead, agree. Go. I agree wholeheartedly, uh, mostly because like. Especially if you're a fan of the show, like you, you know, this story, this is this is how you keep it fresh for new and old fans like you like you have yeah. to do something different like if you don't deviate it's just gonna be like yep i knew that was gonna happen and then like at the end of the day like you're not gonna feel fulfilled watching that show because you just watched a visual novel like that's right. what an adaptation is like right. it, it's an interpretation of source material not a copy that's what people forget that's what everybody forgets mm -hmm. <laughs> no 100 percent, dude and like the I don't know, man. Zener, let me ask you then. Knowing that there's big chunks of this that are not canon, things like The Stranger, things like Galadriel's backstory, right? Like she, like canonically, like on the timeline, she's not supposed to be what she is in this. She's supposed to be a queen, basically, at this point in the story, like, by the time the Second Age kicks off, she's supposed to be this, like, royalty, effectively, for the elves, um, and there's a few other little th little tiny things, too, revolving around Durin, revolving around Elrond, things like that, does that take anything away from you, uh, as far as the experience you had with this first season? No, not at all, um, I think the only thing that it creates, uh, negatively, uh is uh the off chance that i come across a uh hateful lord of the rings nerd and they start like attacking me because they're like oh you don't know the original lore blah blah blah, blah. And i was like well i enjoy this um but i mean no it's it, i'm enjoying what i'm seeing and i'm liking where they're taking it i just doesn't do anything negative to me okay good i'm glad i'm glad that does because i'm mean, <laughs> like like garrick and i said like it worked for us and we're diehard Lord yeah. of the Rings fans. Like, well, yeah, dude, it really did. Like, I just recognize, like, I'm just an adult with a fully formed brain, and I'm willing to recognize that this is probably going to be a deviation from the material I read as a teenager. <laughs> Weird, right. right? Like, that's just, mm -hmm. I'm capable of forming that complete thought and then making my own opinion after I've watched the show. <laughs> right. Rather than just shitting on it because elves have short hair and they're people of color. Like, right, right, and or, and and dwarven women become become queens, and uh, they're black. Um, like, dude, like, this makes me feel kind of a way. Oh, you listen, I'm telling you, man. Like, not even not Agreed. even just because of how Agreed. she looked, because she looked like a snack. But her relationship with Durin, oh, I'm like, get me, Goals. get me. Like, I'll take, I'll Goals. take the bonk, I'll take it. Hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent, and like the the scene, like I believe it was the final episode, or maybe the penultimate episode, where she's like, "This is ours. It's ours." Yes, I was like, it was oh, a strong moment. Oh, right? honey, You're like, you mm. are killing it right now, dude. Like, yeah, you fucking material right there. She fucking behind every strong really. man is ever, is an even stronger woman. 
God damn, I'm telling you, man. And the the relationship with Duran and his dad throughout the show was also extremely interesting too. Like the that that listen, we all have our daddy problems here. I know all three of us have our daddy issues. That that dynamic between those two fucking characters was insatiable because I was like, fuck him, oh fuck him, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, like, God damn, dude. dude. I had I literally had to look up that specific scene. It's that scene where essentially, um. Is is the final like uh, discussion between father and son, uh, and I'm I'm gonna be paraphrasing here, but essentially Prince Durin is is basically saying like uh, there's no there's no glory that you that you find that wasn't breathed by you, mm-hmm. and it's just like that just hit me like so fucking hard. I was sobbing. Yeah, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Garrick, <laughs> without any spoilers, what was your what was your open mouth sobbing moment? Oh, dude. Um Okay. Honestly, like it was definitely it was definitely in the season finale. Mm-hmm. Um like the the dialogue between Poppy and Nori because it re- reminded me so oh, much. Oh yeah, dude. Of Sam and Frodo and uh when like they were talking and poppy was just like it's like be careful it's a big it's a big wild wide world out there and she was just like it's not that wide of a world poppy it's just that we're so bleeding small and like i don't know like i just kind of felt that shit yeah mm-hmm. and like it was just like you know it was just like god fucking motherfucking hobbits i mean harfoots I mean, whatever <laughs> the fuck man hey they're a type of hobbit <laughs> they, they, they're, they're explained yeah. in the in the uh uh, what, they're what's, what's literally the a proto. They're literally a proto hobbit. That they're they're literally yeah. proto hobbits. Yeah, so of of the three different types. <laughs> of the three different types. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it was it was definitely Durin talking to his dad, but it was specifically the one where he's like, "I'm failing my fucking friend, and it's your fault." Right. Like, like he like, I can't remember exactly what he said because I was so busy fucking tearing up like a fucking asshole about it. But I uh, but he ba- he basically like in paraphrasing, he's like, you're you're asking me to sign my friend up for death. Right. And like that, dude, yeah, that moment I was like, fuck, well, that was man. The same like, scene. That was the same scene. Dude, yeah. Same thing on Elrond's side, too. Like, I felt really like impacted during the like on uh, the moment where he was like talking with the high king and he was just like you're he's just like he's like i don't have like like we don't have a lot uh of like of time he's like he's like uh, or anything like but mm-hmm. my oath is and my everything and you're asking me to break that which actually like have you guys ever kind of wondered like did did any like before i like before i kind of go off to like just food okay. for thought okay. did, were, did any moments in this show like add more impact to like the moments for you guys, like for the original trilogy, there was a couple of moments that did it for me, like specifically like where Elrond is so insistent on not breaking his oath to Mm -hmm. his friend. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that actually gave more impact to me to like the original trilogy. And when Elrond refused to push Isildur into the fire just for the sake of destroying the ring because yeah. that was his friend and he would never betray his friend. Or like the even part, if it, mm-hmm. e- literally even if it meant the destruction of Middle Earth, he wouldn't dis- he would not betray his friend. Mm-hmm. And like so like it added like that extra weight to the character into like those those moments to the original trilogy for me that like uh, or like you know some of the shared dialogue between um, a couple of characters towards the end where you're just like yep. 
now when you probably when you watch a like that particular scene, like you like, yeah, you know, that character is thinking about this person when that happens. Like, right. Like, that's the that's the tie in. You like yeah. you, you, you feel even more for that character and like the, the way that they reacted. And like it, I loved the, the emotional tie in it had with those really impactful scenes, like making it impactful in its own right within itself. And then like like doubling down on those like already impactful moments in the original trilogy. Yeah, for for me, it was when Elrond said Mr. Anderson and then took his sunglasses off. It was crazy, dude. It was crazy. Or when or when or when Elrond in Rings of Power, uh, he goes, hey, I'm actually Sean Bean uh, in in this other show uh, who also plays another guy who's in the future of this show. It's crazy. dude. (laughs) It's wild, man. Like, (laughs) no, in in all in all seriousness, everything that had to do with Galadriel was that for me. Because like this, this show is the listen, right? I don't know if you guys got this when you watched Lord of the Rings, whether it was the original time that you watched it, the very first time you watched it, or if it was just much, much later in your life, you're rewatching, you're kind of just reobtaining this information. But I don't know if you guys got right now while you're listening, but yeah, (laughs) right. But Galadriel in the original trilogy for Lord of the Rings, right? the movie specifically, they make her feel like this sort of somber, full of regret. Almost person, almost ethereal too. this. Yeah. Like this, this ethereal being that has lived a life that is very regretful. Like she is, she feels that she's failed her people like down to the core of her being. And this show does something really cool with Galadriel as a character in sort of depicting this side of her that you never would have guessed existed unless you've either a mm-hmm. read the books or B have just some sort of inkling on like hearing from a friend after watching Galadriel in the original trilogy. Right. And so like any, every piece of gold that falls out of her mouth that we talked about earlier is this little piece of this innocence, this like leadership that she does not have in the trilogy later in the story of, of Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth. And it's cool to kind of see it that way. And it makes me feel like, wow, like she really does live this ridiculously, insanely like hard life between what we're seeing in the Rings of Power and what we see later on in the original trilogy. What about you, though, Xander? What, what was what was your sort of nostalgic click? Uh, for me, it was actually just seeing uh, Durin and Elrond's relationship and their friendship and seeing how that almost kind of parallels towards the end where um, where Legolas uh, and uh, Gimli. Yeah, uh, they they uh, they admit that they're they're that they're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like nice. It's kind of nice to see how we're kind of going back and seeing the dynamic between the dwarves and the elves and then eventually seeing how that comes to an end. And then we go over to the Lord of the Rings and then boom. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I want to go head over to chat really quick here. Um, Hulk Brogan says, uh, excuse me, people take ownership over art that is not theirs. Uh, I fear people will never learn the lessons of the Star Wars prequels. Appreciate the world building. Thank you. Thank you. And then he says, Galadriel saved Middle-earth and never asked for a thing. God damn it, that fucking facts. Uh, nope. Buckets of Cats in chat says, Rings of Power, 10 out of 10. Had dodge rolling. 
Yeah, Perry repost system and everything, dude. <laughs> Period. That's why that's why it's so fucking good, man. I'll tell you what. Um, the last thing I want to get into before we get into our final real question here, right? Last thing I want to get into is actually sort of revolving around Galadriel. I've had so many fuck faces <laughs> that I've seen have this conversation of not liking Lord of the Rings, right? They're like, it's not because the the Dwarven Queen is black, and it's not because the Elf is black, it's not because they have short hair, blah, 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 blah. It's actually because Galadriel is supposed to be an ultra badass, and they don't make her an ultra badass, and she's supposed to be this serene, divine being that just knows everything more than everybody else. And I needed to just take a second to vent and just say, if you honestly believe that, I don't believe you ever actually read the fucking books. Period. Because she is a naive, selfish brat the entire time that this part of the story is happening. Literally has to get her ass humbled. She uh, is self-righteous. For like a thousand years. <laughs> Literally, like she's so self-concerned in this part of the story and like in the in the books, in the canon, that is who she is. What we have with Galadriel here. Yeah, sure. Maybe she's not this all powerful being that shining fucking beams of, of the Valar down on the fucking her enemies. But like. Like, I got I got the essence that she's pretty fucking badass compared to most everybody else. Strictly just off oh, this fucking dude. show. Like, then, combat prowess alone, she, sh like, there was nobody, like, she outshone every fucking buddy in the show. Yeah, period. Like, all of her mm -hmm. combat, like, all of her combat highlights in the show were way more badass than anything anybody else got. And, like, it all felt, like, on brand and in character. Like, it felt appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah. The, the scene in the first episode where her little troops lay down their swords for her to fucking jump on so she can 1v1 an ice troll? Are you fucking kidding? You don't think she's OP like, as fuck? Bruh. That is the hardest shit you could possibly do in Lord of the Rings. Besides maybe mm -hmm. snowboard down a, a flight of stairs with a shield. Like, it's <laughs> like so fucking hard, dude. True. Seriously. I just, bah, 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 bah. dude, it's it, fucking a man. Galadriel is absolutely what we get in this fucking show. Absolutely. So for you fucking naysayers, go fuck off, man. Like, go actually pick up the goddamn books. Because there's four of them that you can read that lead up to the trilogy that explain all of this. <laughs> all of it. From, from the age of the trees all the way up to the second age in which we're getting in this goddamn show. Go read them. Go read them. She has a husband. You wouldn't believe it. She has, has a husband in the books. Who would have thought? Caliborn. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, Caliborn. Caliborn. Yeah. Yeah, which for my entire life, finding out that they pronounced their C's like that fucked me up because for the longest time I thought it was Celebrimbor and Celador. <laughs> I Fair. had no fucking. They, they said it. I was like, God damn it, that's canon now. I'm <laughs> praying these motherfuckers change it, but well, I mean, to be won. fair, it's not English, so Elvish is hard. That's true. Mm, to be fair, to there be fair, Xander, <laughs> my translation man. from Elvish is hard. There you go. <laughs> Xander, my man, should people watch the show right away? And what is your official rating? Okay, I will be frank with you. If you're not a fan of Lord of the Rings or fantasy or any of that stuff, probably not. It is very fantasy riddled. Like, this is the epitome of fantasy. So don't watch it if you're boring. 
Um, but the cool guys out there, cool cats and kittens. Wait, can I say that? Um, watch it like yesterday. I don't know. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Watch 100%. it. 100%. What's your watch rating, it. Xander? Honestly, I'm going to give this a fucking like 9.5. Let's fucking go. Baby. I'm docking. I'm docking it 0.5 just for that fucking hit that Aaron. Did <laughs> That's fair. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Garrick, should people watch the show right away? And what is your rating? Um, uh, yeah, if you're a fan of high fantasy, if you enjoy Lord of the Rings, if you enjoy The Hobbit, if you enjoy Tolkien, if you enjoy a, a very classic tale of good versus evil that follows like that sort of hero's journey sort of trope um, that the original trilogy does, like this has something for you. Um, if you're a weird, stupid, closed mind bigot, probably not a show you're going to enjoy because you're a weird, stupid, closed mind bigot. Um, but guess what? This show is a 9.5 all day. And literally, God like, I only dock it a 0.5 because of just damn. a couple of small caveats I have with some with pacing. This was a fucking incredible show. Uh, it made me feel like I had returned to Middle Earth, which is all I ever wanted. It's all I ever wanted. Hell yeah, baby. Hell fucking yeah. Uh, I'm going to slightly oppose Xander. And say that if uh, if you are not into high fantasy stuff and you're not into Lord of the Rings, but you might maybe be sold on some high fantasy stuff, this is a place to go. This is a place to go. This this show is so Lord of the Rings through and fucking through, baby. I'm so 100% here for it. If you've ever liked Lord of the Rings to some extent or another, please watch this. And please watch it with an open fucking heart, okay? Because if you start getting up in your fucking feelings about some shit you're not educated on, then you're going to fucking make yourself look like a fool, okay? This show is so good. This show is so fucking good. And I wish... So many more people will be watching this fucking show as we go along through these series. So badly. This show is absolutely a 9.5. Absolutely a 9.5. All day, every day. All day, every day. You know what else is a 9.5? I've already though? watched it all the way through twice. Oh, have you? I haven't even done that yeah. yet. God damn. <laughs> I was about to. I, wa- I watched the finale a couple of times. I haven't burned my way through the through the entire season yet, but... I've watched it myself, and I'm also watching it with my wife. So I'm like a watch and a half now. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about introducing my booby because I mean, like they they watch Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, you got you gotta you gotta keep up with this. You know what I'm saying? Like you you watch the Hobbit, yeah. And no, I watch the Hobbit. Okay, well then, what the fuck are you waiting for? You know what I'm saying? Let's do this. Let's do this. Ernell, can you imagine when this series finally comes to a close, and we will have the capability to start from the beginning? And watch it all, Garrick, <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> You're gonna make me cry, dude. Stop, like, <laughs> stop it. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I don't, dude, I don't like, know if I can emotionally like, handle like, that. Like, I've you know? dreamed about that shit, like, mm. like for a long time. Like, mm. I don't know. Like, if, if if you're a real if you're a real Tolkien fan and you're bashing this show, shame on you. Fuck, shame you. on you. Fuck you. Period, man. Like, just just even you just saying that, dude. Just you saying that. You're telling me I can hunker I like down it. for an entire week 
with someone and go through the entire chronology of Middle Earth. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, sign me up. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Absolutely sign me up the fuck for that. Uh, But also, we're going to sign you guys up for our schedule for the rest of this week because tomorrow we have (laughs) another Vermilion Voyages where it's uh, this this little man over here, the Invisible Man, when Garrick Bartholomew Eaton is going to be playing Scorn for all of you at home. And he is Again. so excited for it. Yes, he's going to be playing. He actually beat it. But he will, But we want to make sure that you guys at home can see what this game is about. You guys about. need to check this shit out. Uh, uh, so you guys Andrew, decide you want to spend money on it. You guys are going to get to see me three fucking times this this Cracktober fest. I know. God damn, man. Like, you're you're putting it in for us, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we appreciate buddy. you, Doc. We appreciate fucking you. Fucking love being here. Uh, show us your pee-pee. <laughs> and then Thursday, we have another um, Shipwreck show live recording right here at twitch.tv slash... <laughs> Good cracking show where you can also see these gentlemen's PPs. Uh, it's gonna be a good time. Come and hang out for that one. Uh, if you guys want to write in, you can. Uh, and you're a Twitch subscriber, you can join our Discord. We're in there. We have each uh, section of our channel called the Shipwrecks submissions channel uh i had a weird speech impediment there shipwreck submissions channel uh where you can put in questions and because we are in the middle of cracktober kind of coming into the end here we would love to get all your guys horror related questions give us all the spoopies give us all the ghost story questions that you want from us uh and let us know how you're feeling this Cracktoberfest. We like to hear from you guys. And then Friday, we have another splash damage, our multiplayer gameplay stream, where we're going to be playing, and I'm getting real excited about it, Garrick. I'm actually getting it's real excited be the about fun it. One. Have you oh, picked it up yet? I have not yet, but I'm 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 thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play I'm I have it. I already got it installed. I'm gonna Ooh, play a little let's bit. Let's fucking go, man. Let's fucking go. We are playing Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. We're gonna be busting some ghosts, Garrick. Are you fucking it just looks like it sparks joy, dude. <laughs> like, every, every bit, even down to the animation. What's up, Garrett? Uh, not Garrett, Xander. What's up, Garrett? Xander? <laughs> so I just want to I just want to share again. I just want to share this with with you guys because my brain was just exploding. So uh, I'm currently listening to the Rings of Power soundtrack and mm-hmm. Sauron just came on. And as you guys were talking about it, like you guys are sharing, but you weren't saying the name of the game. You're just going back and forth, back and forth for a little bit it was building it was building and then as soon as you said the the game title the crescendo i was like what the hell yeah dude that's my that's my powers that's my powers all that content is coming to you guys at 7 p.m pacific time 10 p.m eastern time right here at twitch.tv slash good crack and show and then finally on saturday you have another good crack and podcast where we're going to be talking the best horror movie of 2022 so far i went and saw barbarian with my boo-boo the other day and uh yeah i'm trying to catch up on some horror stuff before we go into this conversation i went and saw barbarian and oh boy am i ready to talk about that one uh <laughs> yeah. is it fucking scary is it scary um, shit? it's scary it's scary guys please let us like know some- your thoughts on lord of the rings the rings of power uh let us know in the comments below let us know on twitter let us know on discord uh let's know if you loved it let us know if you're a fuck face i didn't love it uh let us know if you suck uh, let us know if you actually don't suck at all and you really, really enjoyed the show. <laughs> I'm sure you guys get the point of what we're getting after this uh, because of this has been the Good Kraken Podcast, your choice for all the nerdy video game and pop media news, reviews, and discussions that you wanted to hear live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 12 p.m. right here 
at twitch.tv slash show. If you enjoy the show, you can head on over to our Discord channel where you can submit questions and topics to the show. You can soon get exclusive show content, and you can soon have early access to episodes before they go live on podcasts and video services across the digital sea. Yarg. Uh, All right, what's uh, happening, Lair? What's happening, dog? You can also support us by going to our YouTube channel by clicking that beautiful bell and big red button, or by subscribing to our podcast channel by searching "Good Kraken" with an exclamation mark and leaving a review there. We Sorry, gotta what get we gotta get rolling on out of here, everybody. But until next time, my friends. Nom pot, 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 nom